This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome back for the second time in one season to the Sub 70 podcast the two time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour and the 2011 Player of the Year out there as well, uh, JJ Colleen. JJ, thanks for uh, taking the time today. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Well, uh, we will get to what you're doing and professional golf and all that stuff here in a second, but we got to talk about your boy, Tiger. Um, getting it done in Japan, so I need you to put your analyst hat on. What are you seeing out of the GOAT? Uh, two wins, one season, kind of bookends. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear it from another pro of uh, analyzing a pro season and what you're seeing from uh, Tiger these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the most impressive thing about that uh, tournament, I don't even know if anyone has ever done it, is, you know, the, the way he started off with three bogeys in a row, I think. I was watching it late at night and went to bed, and then he had the lead. So, obviously, something happened when I was uh, when I was asleep. But I think I think just the way that, you know, the way that that guy wins is is wire to wire. I mean, mentally, that that's that's always exhausting. But he's he's just been better than anybody else doing that. And... Um, you know, I, I know a lot of folks are like, well, he's winning, he's winning, uh, um, tournaments and with, with short fields and things like that. But every single tournament that he's won, you know, the last couple of years, it's, it's been the best players in the world playing. I mean, you know, Rory has been on fire. Um, you know, Xander, Xander Shoffley on fire. Everybody, you know, Kepka obviously, um, played great last year. And, and anytime those guys are in an event, you can just consider it a, a, a very difficult field. So, um, you know, I was impressed with just the way that he hung in there, um, you know, playing internationally, traveling, all that, you know, right off a, another surgery, um, just just impressive. And then he just, he really dominated. I mean, he, he controlled his ball when he's at his best. His iron game is good. Uh, he's always pin high, um, you know, hits it, hits it far enough still, still really strong and in good shape. And, and uh, he's got his old, old putter back in the bag, and he was nails with that thing. So just an, impressive to watch, and it's fun for golf. It's interesting you brought that up with the three bogeys in a row, and I'm, I'm sure as much professional golf as you've played, it's had to have happened where it's all of a sudden a double, or you don't know, worry, bogey, bogey, bogey start. As a professional, how did you, or how did you kind of go about a, a situation like that where, if you know, like Tiger mentioned, he's playing well, so there's some confidence there. And, and how does a pro think about that, maybe versus an amateur, of turning that ship around and, and trying to, you know, like, you know, grind through that day. I mean, we did more than grind it out. He shot a great round. But how do you guys turn it around uh, seemingly easier than a, an amateur golfer, I guess, is the question I'm asking. Yeah, so, um, you know, for, for pros, especially if you know they're, they're playing solid golf, obviously pros don't always do that. And if they start playing bad mentally, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But the Tiger was obviously felt like he was playing well. And bogey, 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 it's kind of a matter of, kind of a matter of time before he knew that that he was going to get those shots back and you know he's kind of notorious for for making a big number on the first hole or, or hitting a hitting a foul ball off the first team tournaments I mean I don't know how many tournaments he's won where the first tee shot looks like you know a 20 handicap is hitting the thing but you know I think he, he started off flip hooking one in a lake and missed a couple short putts but 
I think it's easier to, to be patient um, when you kind of trust your process and know that you're playing well. And for amateurs, if they start off, you know, poorly, more than likely, they just think it's going to get worse because they don't have control of the golf ball, things like that. So it kind of goes, kind of goes hand in hand in hand with being realistic about what you think you, you can do. So for amateurs, it's tough to tell them to stay patient when they don't really know what they're doing. Right. So that, that's a little bit difficult, but I think, I think Nicholas, you know, he, he has a quote from a while back where he, if he made a bogey or double early, he, it calmed him down because he knew that he more than likely was, was not going to do that either the rest of the round or rest of the tournament because he knew he was so confident in, in his game. He realized bad breaks would happen, but he, he you know, he kind of thought, hey, that was my, my bad break for the day or the event, and now I can kind of get after it. But when, yeah, when we teach a lot of people, yeah, yeah it's, it's always different. I mean, you know, I started teaching a lot of, a lot of people the last couple of years. And you get off to a bad start, it's tough to uh, – it's tough to make a comeback when you don't know where the golf ball is going, but patience is the number one thing that, uh, that you have to work with and just, just realize that good shots are going to, are going to come with bad, but just, you know, hang in there from the start more than likely it's going to eat now. Well, let's talk about your golf game. Uh, you are back to playing some professional golf, uh, for the 2020 uh, season. How did that decision come about? And, um, you know, let us know kind of where you're looking at playing next year and what this process is potentially going to look like. Sure. You know, I think last time we talked, we talked a lot about for golf, golf entertainment, things like that. And I have a, I have a great team here. We're making some, some great technology kind of partnerships and really excited about the future. And, you know, I started playing golf a little bit more. My, my body was, was beat up after a couple of surgeries playing and, you know, 13, 14, 15, when we started this, this venture out here in Lubbock, Texas. But, you know, I, I called the tour and actually had a, a year of, of status left from playing all the way back in 2011, um, from, from winning a couple times. And, you know, I'm, I just turned 38. So in any other sport, you're, you're pretty much done at 38 from a professional standpoint, but you know, golf, you can be, you can be successful after that. And it felt, felt like my body was feeling pretty good. Um, you know, having knowing that you at least had a, a year of tour status left is is mentally a good thing. Uh, knowing that you could potentially have a place to play, even if you're doing a bunch of Monday qualifiers, um, in, in, if you started playing well. So, you know, I talked with my my wife and family, and and uh, um, you know, we I decided that one year left might as well might as well give it a go. And and you know, I went to uh, I had to go to Q school to activate my status, and I went and not playing a tournament in four years. I didn't play bad, but I think I shot five under um, and didn't make it through. However, I was able to activate my status. So I'm going to do a bunch of these Mondays coming up in Mayakoba and Sea Island and things like that. And hopefully even either get into a category where they do that, you know, unofficial kind of FedEx cut points and, and do a bunch of PGA Tour Mondays and try to get in the Corn Ferry Finals or, or Monday my way in and, and try to get shuffled in with, uh, with the status that I have. So to go deeper into the status, is it status on the Corn Ferry Tour still, or is it status yeah. on the PGA Tour? And yeah, yeah so it's stat- status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, status on the Corn Ferry Tour. From you know, if you've won, you have it for X amount of years. Um, it doesn't mean that you get into tournaments, but but you know, as you know, if you just get in and make make a couple of dollars, you get shuffled in and you can play a play a pretty full season. But the other thing that it does for you you know, for people that are, that are listening in is the PGA tour qualifiers are, are tough. 
for, you know, regular guys just getting into pro golf to do because they have a pre-qualifier, you know, they're 450 bucks. You got to go two days early past the pre-qual and then you get into the regular one. And, you know, it, it makes it where it's a lot more affordable, a hundred dollars. And then you go straight to the, to the, you know, smaller field part of the qualifier, which is the Monday qualifier in general. And, um, you, you're able to, uh, potentially, at the end of the year, they have a, uh, it's not a category, but, you know, you'll see a bunch of guys that are unofficial FedEx top 200 points, and, and those guys end up getting into uh, the, the Corn Ferry finals just from that category. And there's a handful of guys every single year that end up doing that as well. How many Corn Ferry tour starts do you think you would have just based on your status without trying to Monday queue out there for that tour? Uh, kind of just odds are by the numbers you'd probably – know going into this you're going to have x amount of starts yeah i, I really I, in all honesty with you know it's a, it's a conditional category so so nothing's guaranteed i've made some relationships where i think i'll i'll maybe get in get into a couple later on in the year but um they travel internationally at the beginning and they're they're smaller fields and and you know i think i think I'm going to i'll maybe get a couple opportunities early um and then have to shuffle in after that but you know, it's not like I have 10 guaranteed or four guaranteed or anything like that. Um, I'm going to have to have to play my way into, into playing a full schedule. Um, but you know, that's, that's okay. It's better than nothing. Well, and that's the cool part about corn Ferry in the sense that if you do play well, it'll sort of take care of itself because the reshuffle happens quite often out there if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, good play, you can kind of keep it rolling and keep it going. Uh, from earlier in the year so the opportunity is definitely there to do it if you like I said if you catch some form and get going early it sort of takes care of itself at some level yeah absolutely I mean you know it's that's the cool thing about professional golf is it's it's an individual sport so if you're playing if you're playing well you know you you can rely on yourself and opportunities kind of kind of create themselves you know uh, especially the the schedule since it's this wraparound PGA Tour schedule you know, I'm able to do these Mondays, uh, these next couple weeks. Who knows? Who see what see what happens there? So, trying to take advantage of any opportunity that I could potentially get just to just to be in a field. But you know, if you have to Monday qualify and do it that way, it's 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 not easy. But it's definitely definitely somewhere if you're you're playing well and catch lightning in a bottle, you can you can you know play a full schedule and, and work your way back on the PGA Tour. I know you mentioned your wife and family and them obviously giving you all the support to go and do this and use your talents. Um, any other tour players you kind of bounced ideas off of or looked for advice of what it kind of looks like out there at this point in the landscape? And, you know, do you think I should? Do you think I shouldn't? Is there any some guy, uh, some guys out there that you're still tight with that you kind of also use their input on this decision? Yeah, you know, I – I still talk with quite a, quite a few guys, and um, you know JJ Henry and, and Tom Hoagie probably the most, just because they're they're TCU guys. But I talk with with Brendan Todd actually a little bit, and you know having a year of status actually, you know obviously that that helps. And, and after this year, it, it's kind of unknown, but but at least being a member where you can potentially get in and shuffle yourself into more events is a big deal. But you know watching watching Brendan Todd the way he's come back twice actually. You know, he, he hasn't had that great a status at all the last couple of years, and he just showed you this, this past week what, what good play can do winning a PGA Tour event. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an awesome deal, and, and I love the, the process in general, knowing that if you're, if you're working on your game and you're seeing improvement, I think it's always worth something pursuing. If you're, if you're doing something just to, 
you know, just to kind of see what happens and you're not working on your game, just, just hoping that you can get lucky. It's obviously not the, not the right, uh, right angle, but there's, there's a lot of cool stories every single year. So hopefully, hopefully I can do something this year. That Brendan Todd story is amazing. We just had Bradley Hughes on the podcast and he was talking about working on his golf swing and he essentially, he didn't know where it was going. And uh, to, to fight through that at the professional level, and obviously he's got a lot of talent, but the work him and Bradley did and, you know, the work self-belief that Brendan had to have to get back to the top, what a great story, huh? I mean, like, that just got to be hard work, self-belief and grinding out, know that you have the talent and see it come through the other side. I think uh, it seems like the golf world's quite, seems like a super nice guy and that's a great story and the golf world seems kind of uh, very happy for him, I guess is the right words. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been, uh, me and my, my wife, Tasha, and, and him, his wife, Rachel, we've been really close with them for a long time. You know, he started kind of kind of when I did really turning pro, um, maybe in 2000, you know, seven or eight or nine, around around then, but I've known him for, for over 10 years now. And he's he's been, you know, on fire winning a couple times when it was when it was the Nationwide Tour, getting on the tour and, and you know, kind of losing it, going back you know, a winning Q school one year and then, you know, winning the Byron Nelson and then losing it again. I mean, just the ups and downs are not only, not only as, as Bradley obviously helped him with the swing in general, but just how mentally strong you you have to be going from, you know, the top, you know, the top and, and then basically having to dig yourself, dig it out of the dirt and find your game again. Um, and, and, and reach that level again twice is, is a pretty cool story, but um, he's been very consistent this last year. And I'm looking forward to, Obviously, watching him um, play play a bunch on on tour now that he's now that he's won, he'll get into about every single tournament again. But it's it's self belief, and you got to be mentally strong. And obviously, when when you figure your swing out and, and you know where the ball is going, kind of like what we talked about earlier, you know how can how can someone that bogeys the first three holes mentally still shoot a sixty six or whatever they shoot is because you know it's basically a bad break, right? You still have it in there, can make a lot of birdies and and. Uh, Trust me, if that happened to him probably you know three or four years ago, it's who knows what what you could shoot after three bogeys. But now I bet you can. He's the kind of guy that would shoot six under again. So there's there's a physical component where you know where the golf ball's going and and, and uh, fundamentally um, kind of can figure it out. And then there's a mental component where where you got to be pretty strong to to dig yourself out of the out of the the ditch really twice and and have your game uh, in, in such a great spot. It's an inspiring deal. Absolutely, yeah. And his, his putting stroke doesn't look too bad either, though. I don't think that ever left him. That thing is yeah, it's always pretty good. silky it's smooth, man. Really good. There's there's a book actually called like Breaking the Slump. I think maybe Jimmy Roberts wrote it a handful of years ago, but it talks about all sorts of guys that that you know played well essentially, and then just just got into a bad place either mentally or or with their game and dug themselves out. But you talked about the putting. There's a there's a little chapter in there about Stricker and. I mean, Stricker, he, he would hit foul ball after foul ball, and he wasn't long either, but he never really lost his putting stroke, and that's, that's a big deal. If you're, if you're still a good putter, if you can find it ball striking-wise, you, uh, you can still get after it. Yeah, and, like, you know, most careers are sort of, I mean, it might not be that big of up and downs, but it's, you know, like I always think, like, Pat Perez is the anomaly, right? Like, to be on tour for, was it, 20 years now or something like that without ever losing his card once, that's insane. Like, right, he's yeah. never been injured bad enough, never been bad habit enough where 
you know, the next generation comes out and he loses his card and he goes back to Q school and gets it. But, like, to be that consistent for so long is amazing. Most guys don't have it. Most have some peaks and valleys, right? And you think great, great Hall of Famers, you know, potential Hall of Famers, I should say, Stenson or Lee Westwood. I mean, those guys had to fight through it. Stricker, and look how good he – I mean, he's a better player than he – you know, he came back yeah, stronger he, in his 40s. So Stricker there's, was, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, you're right. It's amazing of the resilience pros have, and there's some great players that have had to go through some really, you know, dark spots from their golf game. And it seems like if they come out of it the other side, man, they can be better than ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, they talk about Nicholas, and, you know, Nicholas, obviously everyone's like, man, his major record, he's as consistent or ever. But there was a point where, you know, he was chipping like a 20 handicap. He couldn't, he missed a green. It was a bogey or double for a stretch. And, a lot of people didn't know he went through that and he was still making cuts and, and things like that. But it, it, it's just crazy what, what people are over to, to able to overcome. And maybe it's a fundamental thing that they, that they work on or, or, you know, or something like that. But yeah, he talked about Stricker, Stricker and, and, you know, VJ was always just a hard worker in general in his forties, but Stricker was way better in his forties into his, you know, until now than he was in his twenties, which is just, it's crazy. It's a great game. It's definitely, like I said, and that's why at 38, you know, it's not like you're playing pro football where it's, you know, this isn't going to happen. Like, there's realistically, there's some guys who have best in their career in their 40s, right? So it's what makes golf, you know, such a fantastic game that you can play it for that long, for that period of time. Um, cat, how do you, how do you do a caddy situation with how you're going to be doing this for Mondays and then kind of going from this tour and back to the other tour and, how does that dynamic work? Do you just carry yourself? Do you just have local guys do it? How does that situation um, get resolved essentially when you're out there trying to do what you're doing next year? Yeah, you know that's that's one thing. It, it's tough for caddies in general just traveling around, and you know unless you got a regular bag on the PGA Tour, it's it's kind of a crapshoot of where you're going to stay. Is my guy getting in the tournament? All this. So I mean, it, if it's a Monday, it's it's my wife's actually doing this first one. She's never. She's caddy for me. Maybe when I was first starting out in like 2005, um, right when we were married, she's caddy for me in a couple mini tour events. But she's going to try a couple of these tour ones for me just at the beginning, just to have somebody there. But man, the Mondays you're by yourself. I'd say most guys are, are, are carrying their own, or you know, push cart or carrying. And then obviously, if they're in the event, if you're in an event, it's easy to find a caddy. There's just guys that are willing to do it. But but the Mondays, that's that's not an easy deal. So I'd say most guys are on their own. And then. You know, if you get some sort of status or a consistent schedule, um, there's kind of a pack of guys that travel around on on Corn Ferry Tour, and, and you're, you're able to find a consistent bag if you got good chemistry with someone. And obviously, PGA Tour, that's kind of a coveted deal. Guys work a long time caddying on, on Corn Ferry or other tours just to have a bag there. So if you reach that level, um, it's it's a lot easier to find someone, obviously touched on this a little bit earlier too when you kind of got back into high level competitive golf through Q school and you know different level than playing even a competitive game at home I'd have to assume that it takes a little bit of time uh to kind of get back into that mode and then also as you referred to you've had some physical injuries which kind of derailed the first part of your career when we talked earlier in the year you just said you you know your body was beat up enough where you knew you couldn't play your very best and you had to make kind of a tough call on it is one more difficult than the other to get back at, you know, level 10 out of 10? Is it the mental side or is it is it the physical side of what you're going to have to do, the working out you're going to have to do, the physio you're going to have to do to keep your body in good enough shape, 
you know, to play at that level, or is it the mental side of getting ready for tournament golf that's that's more difficult even than the physical side? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say I'd say, I'd say both really. You know, it's it's the easier part is getting your physically ready in your game because that's that's all on you. Um, you know, the mental side, especially if you're saying, "Oh, I need tournament golf, I need reps." Well, there's only one way you can get into tournaments, and that's to to either, and I'm talking, you know, Corn Ferry or, or PGA Tour, that, and that's either to Monday in or, or, or get a start. And, you know, being in shape, knowing that you've kind of done everything physically to, to be ready, um, that's that's good to always have to, to think about. Um, it's, you know, I know my body feels good, my swing feels good, I just need some starts to be able to play. And then, obviously, that's how you get into into the events. But a tough spot to be in is, man, I really need to play some tournaments, and, and you have nowhere to play. So, that's it, it's always better to play four round events. I think if, if you're doing Mondays and then play mini tours, things like that, just to get sharp. But you know, we were so busy with this this business that I I really didn't have time to to play quite a bit of tournaments. But just kind of like anything, you're more comfortable, right? The more the more that you do it. So um, the physical component for me at 38 is a lot is is a lot easier than it was when I was younger, just because I know I probably know my body better. Um, I know if I'm going to be sore if I, you know, work out and do this or if I hit this many balls. Um, I, I think I practice a lot better, and, and teaching obviously helps me um, teaching a bunch of kids to be a better practicer, really. I used to be the guy that would hit like a million balls until I felt like I was hitting really good, and I would never chip and putt that much at all. And my chipping and putt stats were always like in the top ten every year, and my ball striking was not. So, I mean, it's it's kind of knowing knowing yourself and what you need to work on um, in general, without tiring yourself out, uh, helps the physical part. And then the mental part is just, just get, take advantage of an opportunity when you get it. And then, and then realize that, that if you have to Monday your way in or, or play mini tours to, for, for, uh, a couple events, just to get tournament experience, then, then, then do it. So you're ready when, when it's your, when it's your turn to play. It's not your first rodeo. Did the feelings come back pretty quick to the competitive, to the mental side of it? I mean, you've won at a high level. You played at a high level. Is it is it kind of like, yeah, I've done this. Like, I'm good. Like, I can do this. Is Or is it that time away coming back? Was there, I guess, was there any surprises that kind of came up of, like, it came back quicker than you thought? Or, holy cow, it's been a couple years, and this is, this is going to take some work to get back. Sure. You know, I think... I, I think as far as like, you know, physical part, you know, hitting, do I hit it as far? Do you hit all these other things? I think, I think right there I was there and that's a, that's mentally a good thing. If you're all of a sudden hitting 15 yards shorter than you were the last time you were playing competitively or, or at your best, that's tough to overcome. Um, but you know, for me, it's, it's just the, pro- it was the process in general. It's like, man, it's going to take, you're walking obviously instead of taking a car, but it's going to take five hours. Um, you know, just, don't don't sit there and, and, and grind on a putt extra long just because you have a lot of time. Still still stick to your routine and things like that. And that's the tournament component, right? You got to be used to just how slow tournaments are in general these days. Um, but that's 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 basically when I was out there, you know, playing even Q school things like that. It's it's uh, it, it's just getting used to doing to doing that again. I think my game in general was was uh was fine you know still still being able to shoot quite a few under par i think i shot 64 the last day so that obviously obviously helps but um it's it's not a it's not one of those those things where i'm out there and i'm like man i'm 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 way off way off course here i think just getting for me getting tournament reps in is what is what helps me especially uh 
being really out of competitive golf for, for three years or so. Well, I don't think you could do it, right? If you were out there and you knew you were 20 yards shorter than you were in your heyday, you would probably have to say, I, I can't do this. So probably part of this journey going forward is you you do know all the tools are still in the toolbox to be able to compete at the highest level. I'm, I'm assuming that from even just kind of this small level of the comeback you've had of going to Q school that you know you the, the, the goods are still there to work with. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel like my body actually, you know, I had the – we've talked about it before, but kind of had a couple surgeries and, and not feeling strong traveling all over the place and really resting it for a couple years. And, and, uh, and, you know, surgeries and things like that have worked out where my body's healed completely. And, and I feel, I feel pretty good. And that was part of why I decided to do it again. I mean, if I was still practicing and sore and all this, just after one day, it's just, just something, you know, you physically can't do, but that was, yeah. that had a whole lot to do with it for me. Oh, last one I got here for you. What are you most excited about with this journey going forward? Like, what what are you just most pumped about this process and what you can accomplish and what you kind of you know set out to do and what what's got your juices flowing the most about this whole thing? Just I just honestly like the opportunity just to do it again and knowing knowing just because I've been there before and it's not just out of the blue how how exciting it is when you do reach you know, the, the, the PGA tour or, or playing well and potentially, you know, winning a corn ferry tour or something like that. The, just the opportunity to, to, to go through that process again and try to reach the PGA tour is, is exciting. You know, for me at 38, it's a, when you're, when you're younger, it, you're more anxious. I think it's, it's a sense of unknown and, you know, can I handle the pressure things like that? Having done it before that, that helps me with, with my process, but I think I'm excited just to, just to commit everything um, that I have into something that, that I really love to do. Um, you know, and, and the golf entertainment component's fun and I'll still have my hand in a lot of things, a lot of things out here, but, but, you know, kind of being all in and something that, that you've always wanted to do um, and getting a second opportunity to do it. That's the, the exciting part for me. Well, we will definitely be watching. We're excited for you. Like it's 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 interesting to kind of be on the front end of this, you know, happening on before, then watching this journey, and then watch you kind of get back into doing it again. Uh, we'll definitely keep all the listeners updated on on our Twitter account and stuff, and kind of watch what you're doing uh, with the Monday stuff. So yeah, we can't we can't wait to watch it either, and and see how this process happens. And best of luck to you. And you know the talents there, man. It's uh, letting it come out and getting the opportunities to play, but we can't wait to, to kind of watch what happens in 2020 and kind of join you on this journey. Yeah, that'll, that'll be awesome. I mean, I'm looking forward to it and, and thanks for the support, man. Maybe let's see what I can do. Absolutely. Well, thanks JJ. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with everything. We'll be in contact. Thanks Jason. See you.